0: You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing calcium-releasing materials and Thera technology. Our guest is Dr. Mark Cannon, a professor of otolaryngology, division of dentistry at Northwestern University, Feinberg School of Medicine, an attending physician at Ann and Robert Lurie Children's Hospital and the founder of Associated Dental Specialists of Long Grove. He has 40 years of experience in pediatric dentistry and has presented lectures both nationally and internationally. Dr. Cannon, it's a pleasure to have you on another podcast.
1: Well, it's great to be back on again.
0: Yeah, so your other podcasts are phenomenal. For those of you who haven't tapped in, we have a series sponsored by Bisco, uh, and I talked about this company. Bisco is a great company, very strong in R&D, phenomenal products that really work and, and meet up to their claims. Um, they have a great department of support where you can reach out to them, and they can help you with any kind of clinical questions you have. And they really stand behind their products and their customers, for that matter. The podcast that Dr. Cannon has done for us so far—if you feel uh, up to tapping into them—the dentist's role in research was the first one. The rise of calcium-releasing materials is a second one. Maintaining pulpal vitality, which is phenomenal. If you're if you're concerned about what to do with a, a pulp exposure or a very deep carious lesion that you're restoring, I certainly recommend uh, tapping into maintaining pulpal vitality. Dr. Cannon has a wealth of information on that one. So today we're going to be talking about Meet the Thera family. You'll find out what Thera means if you don't know, and some of you that use Bisco products will probably figure that one out pretty quickly. My first question is, how did the need for calcium-releasing materials come about in the first place?
1: Well, basically, because when we deal with dental disease, we're dealing with a dysbiosis. We have an oral microbiome that has been disturbed from what it should be, an overgrowth of pathogenic bacteria and an undergrowth of the commensals that prevent decay and periodontal disease. And these all produce, you know, lactic acid, and in doing so, they demineralize the uh, dentition. They create caries. And the carious lesions are a great place for other bacteria to grow, like periodontal pathogens, and then root caries. So restoring the dentition could could mean actually boosting the level of your uh, available calcium, bioavailable calcium, within your restorations.
0: Yeah, and that would be an exciting phenomenon because that's really what the goal would be, uh, is to make sure that as much as you can – we want to avoid demineralization of the tooth structure because that's what the tooth is being supported by is the dentin. What are some of the differences between Theracal, LC, and a product like MTA, for instance?
1: Well, MTA is, like we talked about earlier, that's going to be your dicalcium, tricalcium, silicate with some calcium sulfate and uh, a few other less desirable, actually, like dicalcium aluminate materials. Um, but... Theracal-LC is your tricalcium dicalcium silicate and a resin matrix that is a very, very gentle and biocompatible, non-cytotoxic hydrophilic matrix, especially once it's cured. Once it's completely cured, it's a form of a polyhema. So it's very gentle and kind, just like a contact lens would be. But being hydrophilic, it allows for the ions, the calcium ions to come out of the material, and the hydroxyl ions, so you have the alkalinity, so it is biologically kind. It functions with the dentin to cause remineralization of the dentin and the alkalinity to reduce the growth of your pathogenic bacteria.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the ion exchange and how the therotechnology works with that ion exchange.
1: Well, to have the ion exchange, you have to have the resin being compatible, which is what took about 10 years of research to develop that compatible resin. Our first few batches of Theracal that I tried to make on my own, no, I'm not a very good chemist. I'll never even claim to be one. <laughs> I almost got my degree in chemistry, but I didn't do very well, apparently. But they were way too hydrophobic. And that's what you have seen with a number of products on the market, like AlterBlend plus or VLC diecal and they'll omit it too they have a really hydrophobic type of resin matrix so water sheds off it's like waxing your car water just forms these little beads and so you need to have something that's more hydrophilic which is how a resin modified glass ionomer works so when I first was trying to make these products I actually called it resin modified Portland cement If you look back at some of my early lectures from the 90s, you'll see me calling it BioCal as a powder liquid that you would mix that was a resin-modified Portland cement. Um, But it was felt to be too clunky, not clinician-friendly. So we wanted to have something that would have material strength and still be bioactive. And, And, of course, the fun thing about all this is that if you look at research done by uh, Gandolfi and Prady and other people you'll find that it releases calcium as much as lc does release calcium as much as mta and is as alkaline as mta but vastly better in mechanical properties in fact it kind of levels off the curves you know like right now we're talking about flattening the curve it kind of levels off the calcium release and levels keeps it going longer and keeps the alkalinity longer so it's a little bit better actually for the pulp
0: so what studies have been done to demonstrate the effects of calcium-releasing materials in general or even specific studies related to TheraTechnology?
1: Well, for instance, recently published in our Pediatric Dental Journal, we've had a number of studies with pulpotomies. And those pulpotomies were looking at MTA. They were looking at MTA in the form of biodenting. They were looking at neo MTA plus as uh, you know again these are all tricalcium, dicalcium, silicate materials compared to former creosal pulpotomies and actually the calcium releasing ones uh, do better than the former creosal although not statistically by a great deal but if you look at numerically they do much much better so we have these clinical studies for instance with uh, Theracal-LC that were done Going back to like 2014, a two year study out of Turin University in Europe, where on these direct pulp caps, 93.3% of the Theracal treated teeth had a vital pulp at two years, and only 66% of the ones that were treated with glass ionomers. You see a huge improvement over glass ionomers, which are actually quite cytotoxic. Then you have the Ann Arbor study, too, where university of michigan ann arbor compared in a retrospective study uh, again over i think it was a two-year period there and they had a much better success rate with although statistically not huge but it was better with the theracal lc than it was with dical for direct pulp caps Uh, you can look at all the in vitro research where they use the immortalized cell lines great research done by john mitchell at midwestern university and when he was up at Midwestern University, and um, um, he's at down in Arizona now. Um, and, of course, uh, Carlos Alberto de Sousa Costa from Araquara with his work with the donoblastic cell lines, too. So there's been a lot of cell research done on this, too. Now, we did a primate study that's very well known that was published and came out six years ago now with the Cebus apella. Uh, published in a journal of clinical pediatric dentistry with direct pulp caps, so um, the majority the vast majority of the research is 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 quite uh, laudatory of the material you 'll find a few studies out there you always do where the results could be a better result, but then, if you read the study, you find the material was not used as directed, which is always sad
0: right now you did mention former crusoe and Talk about just as and we're running out of time on this podcast and just to wrap it up, talk about with your pediatric dental experience, um, you obviously have a lot of experience in pediatric dentistry for 40 years. We used to be where there was an exposure in a primary tooth, we would do a formacresal pulpotomy. Is that right before these materials?
1: Yes. In fact, oddly enough, I was doing those until about the year 2000. And then I started to teach at Arasa Tuba in Brazil, and the Brazilians were showing me the phenomenal results they were getting with their sodium hypochlorite, uh, popotomies, but specifically with their antimicrobial materials. They kind of invented the lesion sterilization repair <laughs> And uh, in reality. And I changed my technique and went to something that I think is biologically far kinder, and I use my MTA-like products for pulpotomies like I think almost every pediatric dentist does now. We can't even take former into the operating room at the Children's Hospital. We haven't been able to for a long time because it's considered too
0: toxic. Right. Sure. For sure. It's nice to see how research is affecting these products brought to market so that our clinicians are providing our patients with the best care possible based on all the R&D that these researchers and yourself are doing. And um, we we really enjoyed it, and we hope to have you on future podcasts, and I'm looking forward to talking to you about some of the testing that will be available for, and this is on another topic, uh, testing available for the clinicians when they return to the office to diagnose, in some cases, you can use that word, whether or not the patient Mm -hmm. that they're treating is actively infected with COVID-19. So that that's something that we're really going to need. You, you said that could be in a couple of months that those tests will be available.
1: Well, there's there's some available right now, but there's going to be a lot more. And there's so many things at reopening your office. We're reopening early and uh, as a test situation. And I'd love to share what we're doing for our reopening protocol, because I think everyone would be really uh, very interested in what you can do to Sterilize a lot of your equipment that you didn't know you could even you you didn't even know these things were even possible. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to be honest, no, that's
0: impo- that's very important. So if you're if you're um, watching listening to this on Viva Learning, come back and look for Dr. Cannon's series on that, which is returning to the office with with very important protocol post COVID nineteen, and also follow us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and any of the other. Um, I Heart Radio picked us up. So just follow us. And then we, when we add these podcasts on, you'll be the first to know about it. Thank you so much, Dr. Cannon. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon.
1: Well, thank you again so very much.